KLVZ and KLVZ HD Brighton, KLVZ FM on 94.3 and 95.3 and streaming at Legends95.3.com. Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And we're back here right on uh, Legends 810, taking your phone calls. And right now, we do have a phone call. We do. In. Yeah, let's go out and talk to that person. Okay, Sharon, good morning. Thanks for calling the Garden Wise Guys. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was told recently that you can... Um, Get an orchid to rebloom by putting it in a closet for a week? No. Okay. Where do you hear these things? Well, Sharon? A friend, <laughs> a friend told me that I have six orchids. Um, uh-huh. Five Phalaenopsis, one Dendrobium. The Dendrobium, by the way, is 38 years old. Oh, my goodness. Um, and it only blooms once a year, if I'm lucky. But, right. Um, um, but friends give them to me to rebloom, and I've had pretty good success at that. I have a, a northeast window that they seem to love. But I thought, gee, if I could, rush, you know, hurry them up a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't think there's an orchid in the world that goes dark for several days in a row. Okay. No, no, okay. that's I, not. I wasn't able to find anything on the internet. Well, so I, I was. I, a, I, I, was a, I can tell you one trick you can use on the Phalaenopsis, though. <clears throat> what? They respond to temperature change. Uh, in their native habitat, of course, the ones we grow now in our homes are so, so hybridized that they don't have much native habitat left in them. Right. But in their native habit, habitat in the fall, um, even though it's a tropical area, there's a certain amount of leaf fall that happens in the fall and temperatures drop. And so the light levels go up and the temperatures gro- drop down. And, and that is a signal to the plant to produce a flower spike. Okay. So in your house, if... If you can put them in a place, and it sounds to me like your northeast window is a perfect spot to do it, uh, so that the daytime temperature, uh, and the drop from daytime to nighttime is at least 12 degrees, 12 to 15 degrees. Okay. That will get them to spike faster and oftentimes with more than one spike. Oh, all right. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> and are you feeding them? I am feeding them. Good I'm feeding, for you. I'm feeding them monthly. Good. Um, I don't feed them every watering. Um, and speaking of watering, I have one other question. I have budworm in my geraniums this year for the first time ever. And um, could that be caused by overwatering? What, what causes? Not budworm, no. They, budworms come from the air. They fly in and lay eggs. And okay. That's where the caterpillar comes from. It's a moth, isn't it? Yeah, it's a moth. Okay. Yeah. And I, I did see a couple of weeks ago, I saw a little green... Um, you know, worm, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, then I saw little black spots on the leaves, on yeah. the geranium leaves, and mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was, but I realize now that my buds are not turning into flowers, so. They'll go to petunias also. Yep. 
Okay. Um, I I put some seven on them the other day. It's probably a little late in the season to try and deal with them, but is there any? If you got, if you got good coverage with the seven, that should do it. Okay. Yeah, especially and, on the flowers themselves. Yeah. Not so much on the leaves. They don't spend much time there. Okay. Uh, but up on the flower buds, that's where you want to apply it. And if you're using seven, uh, that's one of those insecticides that degrades very rapidly in sunlight. So the best time to apply it is in the early evening. Okay. And what about the dirt? Do I need to treat the dirt also? Because isn't that where they grow? Um, well, they don't grow there, but they will hide there during the night. And uh, you may not get the spray. However, once they come up to the flower or to the buds, uh, they'll, they'll contact it. Okay. And I don't have a spray. I have the powder. That works, too. Yeah, that works. Yeah. And, and by applying it, you're going to get some on the soil anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> the leaves are really pretty thick, and they're, oh, okay. um, they're covering. I mean, I had to lift the leaves up to put it on the soil. Um, okay, and do I get one more question? Go ahead. Okay. I put in a spirea bush this year. Um, no experience with spirea, and it looks like it's trying to die. Um, Will it come back next year, do you think? I mean, It depends on why it's looking why it's like dying. it's dying. Well, I was watering it a lot in the beginning, um, and I was told not to water it so much that it likes, you know, not such a, a wet soil. So I pulled back on the watering. What kind of spirea? Oh, God, I don't know. Is it a short one or, or a tallish one, like three well, or four feet? It, I just put it in, so it's right real close to the ground, and I was told if I wanted to keep it small to, you know, take it back in the spring every year. Okay, and what color flowers? Uh, pink. Pink, okay, oh, okay. so it's one yeah. of the, sh- the low shrubby ones. types, summer yeah. bloomers. So, and is, in, is it in a good sunny spot? It is in a good sunny spot. It's on the um, west wall of the house. Okay. So um, it does get a lot of... Yeah, if it's on the west wall, it may be drying out more than you think. Um, Because of the reflection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would would recommend going out with a little trial and uh, digging down, uh, maybe into the root ball, but certainly next to the root ball where, where, where the hole is or was, and seeing what the conditions are like. Is it okay. dry down there? If so, then, uh, then you got to water more. Yeah, how, how were you watering it? Or how are you watering it? Just by hand. I just I was watering the geraniums every day, and I would just hit the spirea. It's kind yeah. of in the same area. So. Good chance it's not getting enough yeah. water. It's not getting enough water? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people who hand water don't water enough. Okay. Not even close. Okay. And I do it all the time, but... I know that I'm not watering enough. <laughs> and it's easy, it's easy to do in a pot. It's easy to hand water pots because the water is sort of captive yes. in the pot. And, right. and the potting soil is designed to ab- accept water quickly. Um, but in the ground, when you're dealing with our native soils and that sort of thing, the ground doesn't accept the water as fast as you're putting it down. So it starts to run off very quickly. And then you think, oh, it's wet enough. Uh-huh. Whereas it, the water didn't get down deep. Okay, so I probably really wasn't watering it too much by watering it every day. Yeah. Probably not without being there and actually uh, you know, on our hands and knees and, and checking. Right. Okay. Well, but they yeah. have a sprinkler system that hits it, but... Uh, for new not. plants, not nearly enough. But I, w- I would do what Jim said. You know, before you, w- uh, maybe even this afternoon or this morning, go out there with a trowel, dig down 
six or eight inches deep beside the plant and see how far the water has been traveling down. If it's nice and wet all the way to the bottom, then you know you've been doing a good job. But I suspect that you're going to have moisture in the top three or four inches and then it gets dry. Okay, great. I will do that. All right. Thank you so much for your help. I love your show. Oh, well, thank you. I learn so much every week. I learn more than I knew before. So, And today I learned not to put orchids in closets. So. <laughs> yeah, yes, don't put orchids in closets. They <laughs> okay. don't appreciate it. I would All love right. to know where that started. Right? Yeah, Probably not from your friend. <laughs> she probably heard it from someplace else who heard I'm it from. Sure. Who, I, I want to know who that person was that started that. Well, I'm going to slap I don't their know, hand. But there was nothing on the Internet, so that <laughs> made me a little suspicious. But yes. I thought if there was anything to it, you guys would know for sure. Well, and, and don't use ice cubes either. Yeah, I'm surprised no, you no, didn't no, find no, on no. the They're Internet. They're tropical plants. That's so right. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks. Have a good one. You, you bet. bet. <laughs> Bye-bye. You can find anything you want on the Internet, <laughs> even I if it's wrong. <laughs> I suspect it had something to do, some sort of spinoff of you know, the dark treatment for poinsettias or... Christmas cactus or something, and it just got perverted. Yeah, and you do see it for those two plants that you mentioned. And it's wrong there, too, by the way. Right, you don't put but, them in a uh, closet. No. <laughs> you do, but not continuously. No, no. <laughs> oh, dear. <clears throat> well, let's see, what time is it? Oh, yeah, we've got time to take some oh, yeah. more callers. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, that would. Oh, Vilma! Absolutely. Let's go talk to Vilma. We haven't talked to her for a long time. Good morning. Good morning. I really missed you guys for a long time, and I finally found you. Well, we've missed you Yay. too, Vilma. <laughs> you know, I have been a fan for many years. Your show is the greatest. I oh. really enjoy it. Well, thank you. My question is, I do treat the ground for Japanese beetles in the spring but now you guys are talking about treating it in the fall should i treat it <clears throat> and fall because i really have a problem and i know that next door they have a lot of flowers that attract them mm-hmm. so they have a lot of beetles there and of course they come here and this whole summer i spend my mornings noon and evening picking beetles with by hand about 80 at a time yeah yeah and uh, and on top of that, I had two traps that were catching them. Okay. And the new traps are not as good as the old traps, so I gotta find the old kind. Okay. So I had a green bag. A green so bag. A green bag. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the new one is a yellow bag, and it, it doesn't stay nice open. It shuts. Oh. It closes. So what? anyway, okay. should I treat it fall and spring? grubs well the 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 best time for controlling japanese beetle grubs in my mind and this is my opinion with all the research i've done (laughs) in my white lab coat is in the fall because that's when they're young and small and easy to kill because they the 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 adults just laid eggs this summer and they hatched out into these new grubs and anytime you've yeah. got an insect that you're trying to control, you always want to find out its most, val- its most vulnerable point in its life cycle, and that's where you want to attack it. And it's most vulnerable okay. as a young grub in the, f- in the late summer, early fall. Okay. So that's when and I would I put the grub down. Last week you said we can do it the next 30 days. Yes. 
Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Yes. It was nice to hear your voice, Vilma. Well, I always listen to your voice, and I miss you on Nick's this year. Did yeah, we didn't We didn't go to Nick's this year. <laughs> we haven't for two years because of the whole COVID thing. Right. Yeah, right. but maybe next spring. Yes. Okay. Well, All right. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Know, you. We, you you have lots of people listening to you because you are the greatest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, you have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, goodbye. I think I mentioned last week that we didn't have any real easy way of contacting everybody to let them know where we are. Right. <clears throat> so I'm thinking that we may have to hire a skywriter to fly over the entire metro area. Or one of those banners behind the <clears throat> Yeah, those are too, I find they're too hard to read unless oh. you're in the right place, like in a ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And you got your glasses on. Yeah. Not to have your yeah. glasses on. So if it, people out there know of a way that we can contact everybody, <clears throat> I, we're open for it. Mm-hmm. We're also open to advertisers, too. Yeah. So you've got a, a neat thing you want to advertise in our show that, you know, uh, Close to being appropriate, plant related would be nice. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Fertilizers and uh, garden equipment and uh, anything related to gardening, yeah. really. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You have a big class coming up, or a symposium, or a mm-hmm. conference, or something you want to advertise. Um, you know, you know, use your use your imagination. We'd rather not do uh, car engines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we're always looking for new advertisers, so uh, <coughs> give us a call here and we'll get connected. Yep. Um, I was just going to point out that we had 1.2 inches. You said 1.38. 1.38 inches of ET this last yeah, week. Yeah, mine was at DIA. Okay. Yours was at Centennial, Centennial. Airport. So that's a difference. I don't know how yeah. far away is it. 30, About an inch and a quarter then. 30, 40 miles down. away. Yeah. yeah. Split the difference, so to speak. And we didn't have any rain last week either. Mm-mm. Although we had a heck of a windstorm yesterday. I must have missed that. It knocked it knocked my bananas over. Oh, man. The whole pot was laying on its side. That's a big pot. I don't know how it blew the thing over. Well, I did see a little wind, but and I thought, oh, God, I don't think so. Hey, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's September. I, I don't care. <laughs> Go ahead and fall over. We didn't have frost any time now. Although there were, what is it, the, some... National organization says we're not going to have frost here until the 10th of October. Okay. <clears throat> How they know that, I have no idea. Because if they're doing averages, they're meaningless. Sorry. Well, I, I, I was reading that <coughs> September 9th this year, we set a high temperature record. September 9th last year, we set a low temperature record. Low temperature record. record. That's yeah. right. Yep. So that was a difference of, God, I forget what the temperatures were. <clears throat> Close to 100, I think, for the high. And then yeah. the low was... 31, I think. Th- yeah, I think it was. it was actually freezing, yeah. Yeah. So there's... September 9th. 70 degrees difference. Yeah. In one year. Cheapers, creepers, people. Why do we even try to grow plants It's here? hostile here. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's plant hostile. <clears throat> yeah. Now it gets to be 90 degrees in the day, and boy, you better take your jacket with you at night. And yesterday was only in the 70s, and today's yeah. going to be in the 90s. Yeah. But we're due to hit 42 over the next couple of days or something. Yeah, everything's, it's just 
every year is different. Yeah. Every month is different. And by the way, at 42 degrees, your tomatoes don't like that at all. No, they're not going to ripen. Nor your peppers. No. Um, what else in the garden? Eggplant. Yep. Won't like that at all. Squash. Cucumbers. Won't hurt your carrots and uh, rutabagas and beets. Because <clears throat> they'll take pretty cold temperatures. Mm-hmm. Well, you can leave carrots in the ground over the winter, can't you? <laughs> you can if you mulch them in heavily. Yep. Yeah. Probably the best way to store them, isn't it? Unless you got a root cellar. A root cellar? And who's got a root cellar anymore? I don't know. I don't. Nope. Well, let's see. Before we take our next break, why don't we go out and talk to Tom in the Highlands Ranch, see what he's doing out there. Good morning, <coughs> Tom. Good morning. I've got a serviceberry bush, probably six, seven foot tall. Don't know when it was planted, planted by birds or squirrels or whatnot. Unfortunately, they planted it right next to a sidewalk, so I would never have thought this little bush's roots were strong enough to break up the sidewalk, but apparently it has. Is it, uh, are they easily transplantable? You say it's a service berry. I believe that's what, I, yes, I believe it is. I don't know and if they... And, and, and for the first time... We never noticed it in prior years. That never paid. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But this year, it had enough berries on it to make muffins, a nine-inch pie, and some turnovers. Oh, really? I rarely hear of a service bearing being uh, planted accidentally or volunteering. Rarely. I'm not sure I've ever have. Well, I don't know. I, we we certainly didn't put it in. We but I don't remember it ever not being there. Okay, so it's been there a long time. Yeah, probably 17 years at least. Well, that's going to be tough to transplant. Yeah, now you're going you're going to have to move the sidewalk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And now and then once you do that, you're going to have to bring in a um, a big spade truck. These are big pieces yeah. of equipment that come in and and uh, and dig that thing out with a big tree spade. Not in a position where that's going to happen. I didn't yeah. think so. It would no. be easier just to <laughs> just to destroy right destroy yeah, the plant right and go out and get a go out and buy a new one. Yeah, it's right up against the fence, and I mean, as in none of the none of the stems are much bigger around. That probably the biggest stems are probably the size of a quarter. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Diameter, yeah. But, uh, and multi and multi stem from the base. Yes. Yeah. And and you wanted to move it because of the sidewalk issue, or is it just too well, too big? Yeah, it's kind of in the yeah, it's kind of in the way now. Yeah. Sidewalk and it's, and it's in the way. Yeah, considering what would be involved in moving that, you it would be far, far cheaper to go out and buy a new one. Uh, or to control the size of that one, and you can do that in the spring by just cutting the whole thing to the ground. Uh-huh. And then it'll pop right back. And, and then you'll have several years where it won't be in your way, and if it gets too big again, one spring, cut it to the ground again. Uh-huh. Now, when you said you yeah. used the berries in muffins, uh, did you use the whole berries? Yes. With the seeds and everything? They're very, yes. It's, it's, I mean, very similar to a blueberry, but it's not yeah. a blueberry. Yeah, but the seeds are a lot bigger than blueberries. I would think that would not, not be. These. Yeah. Huh. Huh. I, don't know, I was told it was a service berry, and it looks like in my plant book like a service berry. Maybe it's something else. And has white flowers in the spring? Out of sight, out of mind. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, good fall color. Never really looked at it. <laughs> never. It was just kind of out in the corner of the corner of the yard. You know. Yeah. I never really. 
never really paid much attention to it. So I'm, this year we noticed they had all the berries. Well, mark it on your calendar. Take a look at it once a month. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you were able to eat the berries, I mean, the only other thing I could <clears throat> think of would be a, um, a buckthorn. No, you wouldn't. And you eat, wouldn't eat. You, you wouldn't, wouldn't eat, those. eat that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're still you're still around. So it must have been an edible plant. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. nice deep, pur- nice deep purple, almost like a high bush blueberry. Yeah, but, that's that's a good ex. Yeah. Uh, good, good. Uh, and they've got beautiful white flowers in the spring. It's yeah. a really nice plant. Okay. Okay. Huh. Well, trying to go find another one. Yeah, that that's the best thing to do. You can take a lot of those fruits off and and break out and get the seeds out and plant the seeds. You won't go that route. Yeah. So. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay. You bet. You bet. Thanks for calling this morning. Yep. That's a first for me. A volunteer service, Barry. Good Lord. Jeepers. Hey, we're going to take a little break, and when we get back, we're going to take your garden questions. And I see we have people in the queue already. So uh, stick around. There's more stuff coming your way right here on Legends 810. What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend autumn evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But can your grass take that kind of pounding? Or will it quickly turn to dirt and mud and weeds? You need a lawn that's been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own Turf Mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in our sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick turf, perfect for outdoor adventures, plus it's insect, disease, and drought resistant. Look for Colorado's own Turf Mix at these and other fine garden centers. Tagawa Gardens, Jared's Nursery, Wilmore Nursery, City Floral Garden Center. Now that the weather is starting to warm up, you'll want to protect your ornamental and vegetable garden from various beetles, weevils, and borers, including Japanese beetles. And what better way to prevent these pests from destroying your garden than by controlling them when they're larvae? GrubGone is an easy-to-apply granule product that can be spread on your turf to successfully control grub invaders. Developed by Phylum Bioproducts from a naturally occurring bacteria, GrubGone is a non-chemical BT product that specifically targets only certain scarab pests. And it is safe to use around bees and other beneficial insects. And it's a non-chemical choice for areas frequented by kids or pets. Yes, and if you already have beetles flying around your yard, Beetle Gone is an organic water dispersal powder that can be sprayed directly on your edible plants. And did I mention, it is certified for organic gardening. Find out more at phylumbioproducts.com. Phylum Bioproducts. Target the pest, not the rest. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show, helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we are back, giving you the garden-wise wise advice for the week. Did oh you boy. know if you put a tea bag in your whiskey, you can day drink without people judging you? 
But then you'd have tea-flavored whiskey. Well, it's a used tea bag. Still. Yeah. But I guess if you're day drinking, you really don't care about <laughs> flavor. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. <clears throat> Let's see. What else is going on? Uh, we mentioned already mentioned the Nick's Chili Fest this weekend. And that's chili peppers, not yeah, not chili the yeah. There, there, there will be no arguments about whether there should have beans in your chili. No, because there won't be any <laughs> that kind of chili. It's chili peppers, right? And I, I want to say they had fifteen or eighteen varieties of peppers. I to choose was from. surprised to see that most of which I didn't even know what they were, except they're green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. From mild to medium to hot, and you can mix and match and create your own special blend, and then yeah. they'll, they'll roast them right there in front of your face. That's right. And make you smell them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't help it. It's wonderful. It is, actually. Yeah. That's and right. then, you, then you take them home, and before you use them, you have to scrape all that black off. Why? I don't know. I like my carbon. Oh, I, <laughs> I do, too. And by the way, when you scrape it off, you don't get it all anyway. Right. Which apparently is, is perfectly okay. Well, I mean, if that's okay, why can't you leave it all on? Exactly. I mean, carbon is my vitamin C. There. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. <laughs> I see. You just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. We crack ourselves <laughs> up here. <laughs> Anyhow, so they've got the chili roasting going on this weekend again. Um Let's see. There's roasted corn on the cob, which is awesome. That's a bunch of C's. Yes, it is. Uh, the cafe is open. Yay! Another C. <laughs> and the kettle corn, which has got a silent C. <laughs> <laughs> so go C. <see. laughs> God, we got to stop this. <laughs> and then there's the 40% off sale and all the... Outdoor nursery stock and houseplants inside, too. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to continue with this alliteration. (laughs) Thank you. Let's go out and talk to Chuck. Uh, No, I mean, um, who's next? That would would be Sharon. Sharon's up next. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, guys. I'm just answering that call for all the Sharons out there. All right. Okay. Okay. Kind of along the lines of your um, collars and their big bushes and what to do. We have some bushes that I understand we probably planted more and closer, but I like it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they are about three years old now, uh, and they're doing fabulous. I do spot trimming as needed to keep them away from the, the uh, walkway that goes across the, the backyard. However... We're thinking that it is probably time to put them back in their place again. Uh, <laughs> how old should or how long should a plant be established like that before we do cut it down? Well, you know what our first question is going to be. What really? are these plants? What kind of bushes are they? Uh, we have some um, nine barks, and uh, I'd have to go find my garden notebook too. Well, let's take the nine bark. The way to prune nine bark uh, properly is to cut out individual old stems right to the ground. And you would do that in early spring, late winter. But we shouldn't cut it uh, three, four inches short to the ground the entire bush? 
Well, you, you can. You could do that too, and to get this thing will come right back up again. Okay. Yeah. What you what you don't want to do is take those old stems and cut them in half. Oh no no no! Okay. I, I mean, we've had to do some just as I said to you know keep your arms and legs from getting. Uh, yeah, stuck. I mean, you do that occasionally. That that's okay. But just keep in mind that and look at the results when you do that. By the way, you get lots of new growth right behind where you cut. Absolutely, yeah. and I, I I love the um, the architecture of these particular nut Yeah, parts. yeah, you want to keep that if at all possible. Now, do you know what the other bushes are? And then the other two are a um, a, a dogwood of some kind, of the short to the ground. I think red twig. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Treat that the same way. You can cut that whole thing down if it's necessary. And it'll come right back up. Okay. Or, uh, or you can take individual stems. Uh, typically, you take the biggest, largest stems to the ground and, and leave the smaller diameter stems. Okay. But, but to, uh, well established as they are and uh, almost to the top of a six-foot privacy fence, uh-huh. they should do just fine if we do decide to go ahead and cut them to the ground in uh, late yes that would work fine yep excellent uh the other thing is is just wondering um we've had some bad luck with uh getting some bushes to grow in what has increasingly become dappled and almost um even more than partial shade yeah uh, any suggestions? We had some burning bushes that we had to take out because they didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And they might infest, <clears throat> uh, I think, due to their growing condition there. Um, anything you would suggest come spring that we might have our eyes open for that grows in quite significant shade? Is this shade from a deciduous tree or an evergreen? From a de- uh, an apple tree and a... An ash tree. Okay. So you're going to have shade during the summer growing season and sun in the winter. Yes. So that, that sort of limits a few things. Um, if you want an evergreen plant in that area, you could look at Oregon grape holly. And it comes in both a ground cover, a dwarf. that only get, uh, that, uh, The ground cover stays quite low to the ground. It's ac- actually our native mm-hmm. ground cover. And then um, it also comes in a compact form that'll get up about four feet tall and then it comes in a standard form which will grow upwards of eight feet tall okay now in that dwarf form which probably would be most appropriate uh these bushes surround the back side and the study of our house that um has windows so i wouldn't want anything that grew up too far up into the window sure Uh uh-huh sure so yeah you'd ask for the compact Oregon grape holly. And that's nice because it has holly-like leaves that are green all winter long. In the spring, it has bright yellow flowers on the tops of all the branches. And then it has purple, bluish-purple berries in the summer. Ooh, that sounds lovely. It is a wonderful plant. It gives you 12 months of interest. So that, that's always nice to have. And if you're interested in something that's even lower than, lower than a foot, but will cover the ground, I would look for mountain lover or pachystema. In the grape holly? No, in a separate plant altogether. Oh. It says, it looks like a miniature boxwood. Tiny leaves, 
fully evergreen. No, uh, it has flowers, but not if you weren't down on your hands and knees, you'd probably never see them. But it'd be a nice ground cover. Yeah, it's a very beautiful ground cover once it gets established. But the reason I was asking about the summer, uh, the summer shade, winter sun, is that you might be tempted to plant boxwood because of the shade. But what happens when those trees lose their leaves, then it's back into the full sun, which boxwoods don't like to be in the sun during the winter. I have to say I grew up back east, and um, I can't stand boxwood. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, you know what else you could grow that flowers really pretty is Annabelle hydrangea. That's interesting because they would do okay in the winter. I have some, um, is it called? Ever summer or endless summer? Endless summer, yeah. That, that are growing in a uh, shaded area that gets dappled sun both, and it freezes quite hard. And I wrapped the, uh, I wrapped them with uh, rose collars and mulch last year, and um, they're doing beautifully. They they are water hogs, but they're doing beautifully. Well, Annabelle is a completely different species of hydrangea. Oh, and it's for shade. It, it likes to be in the shade, has big white heads of flowers, uh, quite large heads of white flowers. They start out kind of a lime green, and then they turn bright white. Um, and it's not quite as b- big of a water hog as the, the endless summer and some of the others. And, and it would survive that uh, constant sun in the, the wintertime? Yeah, because it'll be dormant, too. It'll be leafless. Uh, now, what about uh, you know the um, those endless summer hydrangeas that I have? Uh, they they're probably about three foot high now and starting to set on even more blossoms before we freeze. I'm sure. Uh huh. Do should I? Uh, they were more manageable when they were smaller because they're only several years old. Also. Uh, do I cut them down before I put these rose collars on them? Come no, no. The, there's a lot of energy stored in those stems to make to help the plant make it through the winter. So uh, if you're going to cut them back, wait until late winter, early spring before they leaf out. And, and uh, the fact that they would stick up above the rose collars is not a big issue. Not a big issue. You'll probably still have some winter dieback because of that, but it's best to leave them on rather than take it off. And then when I do trim them come spring, I can either call you again (laughs) (laughs) yeah, or or keep in mind uh, how far back do I cut them to where they uh, look dead or whatever. Yeah, I just watch for the new growth to come out in this. I guess you could do this, but you could wait. I said before they leaf out, but you could actually wait until they start greening up in the spring, and then you'll know where the dead wood is and how to cut back to the live wood. All the way to the the base on the... um, the dead branches yeah we'll just follow the dead the dead stems down until you come to live wood if it goes all the way to the base take it to the base if it doesn't go all that if it it goes down to like where the rose collar starts then cut it there but uh, wherever the new growth emerges you cut above that so cut it in segments until i i see the new green growth right yeah Yeah. well i i think i've i've managed okay but uh the the whole concept of cutting a bush all the way to the ground is just... Oh, I know. Yeah. As a consequence, a lot of people don't, and they end up with what I think is a pretty ugly-looking shrub. 
I, I, we experienced that before with a, some golden privets, and mm-hmm. uh, right. Yeah, same thing on that as well. And and uh, it, you know, golden privet you can shear if you know what you're doing and keep it that way for many many years. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And we ended up with some. Well, you're in good company. Most people don't. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, uh, we love your show, and uh, so glad that you guys uh, have committed to being part of our Saturday morning. Okay, well, thank you. Hey, Sharon, I have a quick question for you. Yes. Uh, your endless summer hydrangea, does it bloom well for you during the summer? It's odd. We've got three of them that are spaced about six feet apart against this wall, and one of them is fabulous. It's got uh, four large heads on it right now. No, it's not like my son in Canada where they grow in Vancouver like their weeds. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. But uh, there, um, there are three very large heads. It's got three more emerging uh, blossoms. Another one has um, four uh, nice blossoms on it and a couple of emerging blooms. And one of them, nothing. And is, is the light the same for all of them, or is the one that's in the most shade the slowest? Fairly similar because it depends on how the shade from the neighbor's tree and that fence hits them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the one that is most shaded for more of the day is the one that could care less about blooming. Yeah, that, that's what I found with those. I, I think that they bloom best, on, say, on the east side where they get a good amount of morning sun and then all afternoon shade. And that seems to speed them up. Yes, well, until I can convince the neighbors to remove the fence and their trees, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, love, I love the foliage, even though yeah. the, uh, the blossoms would yeah. be a, a spectacular <clears throat> addition to all three of them. But Well, yeah. Annabelle doesn't care about how much shade she gets. She'll bloom like crazy anyway. We have an irrigation system uh, that's set up to water the bushes, and obviously it's done fabulous with those ones <coughs> be cut back. When we put in the new, uh, probably go with the uh, dwarf Oregon gray polys come spring, um, it can, can the several existing bushes that are on that system probably, it's a, there's a Wygela and um, two more of those uh, red twig dogwoods, uh, will they be able to tolerate the extra moisture that we'll be giving while the Oregon sets in? I would think so, yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. I didn't want to drown their little feet, but nah. the way Gila's done fabulous. <clears throat> it, it's a year old now, and it's needed its own supplemental watering, and I'm hoping that uh, what's established now that uh, it can cut back on that some, too, so. Well, Wajilia does like to have moisture, that's for sure. And so does the dogwood. Uh, yeah. You've probably seen that. Yes, so. yes. So, okay, they'll pay, probably be happy to have new company then. There okay. you go. Take care. Thanks so much. Thanks, Sharon. Yeah, if you want to grow great hydrangeas, go to Van- move to Vancouver. Or Northern California. Northern California. Will oh, work. my goodness. And the higher elevations of the Big Island of Hawaii. Of okay, yeah. yeah. There they grow, of course, year-round and bloom year-round. Goodness. Blue. You'd get tired of that, They are you? blue. They're blue. Naturally. Because of the acidity. <laughs> yep. I mean, they're almost weeds. Yeah. They're huge plants.
it cut them back hard in that situation if they know what they're doing yeah yeah <laughs> now i've been i've been playing with hydrangeas because like coming from kansas i love hydrangeas and the macrophylla types like the endless summer and that sort of thing are just too fussy for me yeah so the annabelles the invincibles uh those do, uh, and incredible and tinkerbell tinkerbell i don't know is that a new one i don't know if that not one. it should be there's a tinkerbell lilac well, well, you can use Tinkerbell as long as it's for a different plant. Okay. Yeah. You use the same name. Yeah. And then the ones I like the most, though, are the ones that grow in full sun. And that's the, oh, yeah. that's the PG type. Um, what are they? Arborescence? Yeah, they're arborescence. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and there's some wonderful ones out there like Limelight and Vanilla Strawberry and quick fire just a bunch of really good ones that grow in full sun but all of them are and, water and there'll homes. be at least 10 new ones next year yeah bobo <laughs> i love that name <laughs> and uh one i purchased uh last year was called barry white yeah the nurse that that was a that was <coughs> a cool name but i don't like pinky winky it's a stupid name and it's a stupid bush <laughs> it didn't it it didn't deliver at all okay I don't know that the real Picky Winky ever delivered either. Maybe that's why he's never made claim to fame. All right, we have to get out of here, and uh, <clears throat> a few messages coming your way, and then the Garden Wise guys will come be coming right back here on the station we call Legends A Town. Astors and Mums, and of course the beautiful Black-Eyed Susans are the name of the game now. And what a great selection Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue in Littleton has in stock. These great additions lend some fresh color to your pots, giving them the oomph to look their best through the remainder of the season. Jared's annual fall sale is now in progress, with all nursery stock, trees and shrubs, 40% off, with no guarantee. Enjoy fresh chili roasting on Saturdays and Sundays with the best chilies in town. We might be biased, but lots of our customers think so as well. Jared's 16th annual Giant Pumpkin Festival and Way Off will be held Saturday, September 25th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Giant pumpkins and great family fun with food vendors, bouncy castles, maze, and Galleria of Ghouls, always a hit. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden is a family-owned business serving you for 42 years on West Bulls Avenue in Littleton. September hours are 9 to 6, Monday through Friday, and 9 to 5, Saturday and Sunday. We look forward to seeing you soon. Have you been waiting for that last application of fertilizer for the yard? Well, Fertilome has the solution for that. Fertilome Winterizer. Winterizer is the most important application of the entire year. Never skimp on this application. A number of years ago, Fertilome examined university studies of winterlizer formulas and created a special winterlizer for our area. This special formula is quickly and easily converted to stored food for your turf to help it make it through the unpredictable winter months. In the spring, a yard that has Fertilome winterlizer applied to it in the fall will be the fullest, darkest green yard on the block. You'll find Fertilome Winterlizer at your favorite independent garden retailer, including The Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora. To find the closest Fertilome dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. And be sure to tell them that the Garden Wise guys sent you.
All right, we're back. We're taking your garden questions here on Legends 810 and uh, hoping we give the right answers for a change. Have we given any yet today? Are you keeping track? <laughs> I was going to say, we're giving wrong answers? <laughs> How many years have we been doing this? Uh, Is it we 23rd year? No, no, no. 30th year? We are have completed now almost 26 and three quarters years. 26 and three quarters? Yep. I'm not that old. Well, I started when I was very young. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> All right, let's go out and talk to Steve and see what's going on with him today. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Excellent. What's going on with your bad self? Well, I got uh, a little bit of a handicap in uh, that I had some surgery and I kind of neglected my lawn and trees and whatnot. My main question is, when can I prune back uh, an elm tree and a black walnut tree? Uh, they basically sprouted up while, uh, out of control while I was hospitalized. Uh, nothing serious, just a knee replacement. But um, well, that that can be pretty serious. Uh, this walnut tree, for instance, uh, what sprouts are we looking at? Well, I had a forty-foot, fourteen-inch uh, diameter base uh, the trunk uh-huh. tree that died. So yeah. Sit down, and lo and behold, the darn thing grew up again. Did and who took it down for you? Me. Oh, okay. And did you decide why it died? It had some sort of a weird uh, fungus or disease? Yeah, there's a beetle that carries a fungus around, and the fungus is what kills the tree. Right. It kills them all, all over, probably all over Colorado now, but certainly on the east slope. This thing's about eight feet tall now. Yeah, well, your your new ones coming up are going to be susceptible to the same thing. Understand. Oh, okay. All right. It looks very healthy, and I want to kind of prune some of the uh, lower... uh, branches so that in the winter time when the snow hits it doesn't how many sprouts do you have coming out of the ground just one oh 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 okay um i have i would have a tendency to leave all those branches on until they physically get in the way okay like you can't cut the grass or i i don't know whatever other reason might be it's uh, coming across your sidewalk or something Well, the longer you can leave those branches on there, the faster this tree is going to grow. Excellent. Okay. And then the elm tree that I have has uh, been neglected and uh, lack of water. The trees, the leaves look like they're, uh, I don't know, turning inside out. So, it could uh, be elm leaf beetle, too. Really? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a common beetle here in Colorado that attacks elm trees, and it sort of skeletonizes, makes the leaves look kind of lacy. All the green is gone, but the... The veins and everything are still there? No. Just, no. just, uh, just plain there, like lack of water. Oh, okay. Is it a big leaf a big leaf elm or, or a small leaf? Big leaf. Oh, okay. So it's, it might be an American elm. Might be, yeah. Uh, that is probably just, you're right, probably from lack of water. Okay. All you can do there is set out your uh, watering system and uh, water living daylights out of it. Mm-hmm. How about pruning some of the uh, extended branches got hit by wind and broke off a lot of uh, the taller stuff. Yeah, anything um, that, anything that's broken you can you can cut out at any time. Okay. You don't need to wait. Pruning's not a big deal then. Okay. Now, if you want to prune it for other reasons, I would wait until late winter or very early spring before it leaves okay. out. Okay. <clears throat> that's the best time, I think. And then 
last thing is I have some evergreens that are growing along my front lawn, uh, front sidewalk mm-hmm. that are taking over the sidewalk. They, they, can they be pruned back? What kind of evergreens? Uh, good question. Spreading or upright? Uh, spreading. Okay, so probably juniper then. Yeah, juniper would probably be the right name. It, do you have any idea how long they've been in there? Uh, about 40 years. Oh, oh okay. Oh, that that tells me something. <laughs> We're probably looking at what we re, what we jokingly called Spitzer junipers, yeah. Spitzer Jupiters. Excuse me, <laughs> Spitzer Jupiters. Yeah, <laughs> they can get to be huge. Is the are these huge plants? Uh, they're getting yes. Oh. If you if you'd have called twenty years ago, <laughs> we we would have told you that that instead of letting them grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. You can take individual branches deep into the into the plant and cut them. Yeah. And if you're really good at this, you could cut them so that you don't even know that you've cut them. You'd leave enough growing around them uh, to look like they had not been touched with the pruning shears. Have, have these been sheared in the past or, or not? Um, in the past, yeah, back to the sidewalk edge. Oh, the border. okay. Yeah, the problem is, is when you try no. to cut those back, back, in, you know, away from the sidewalk, you're going to be cutting into wood that doesn't have any green leaves left on it. Exactly, and, and doesn't have the capacity to produce more green either. Yeah, they, it's it's real sporadic, if at all, if it does try to leaf back out again. So you're going to be looking at dead space. Well, that's okay. Um. <laughs> I, I five years ago did prune it back that way, and it has now recovered, and it's nice and green, and it's oh, okay. all over the sidewalk. Well, you, I guess you can try it again if you don't mind the potential dead look wherever you've done that pruning. Then uh, I'd say go ahead and do it again. Okay. But if you do it this fall, you're going to have to look at that all winter into next spring. If you wait until late winter, or early spring, and do the cutting, then you'll get some new growth fairly quickly after that because we're okay. going into spring and you won't have to look at that yep. uh, heavily pruned area all winter long yeah just in the winter when the snow hits it it uh, drapes down onto the sidewalk and uh-huh. people are walking their dogs they're all torqued off that they have to walk around the oh. sidewalk instead of over the well sidewalk. there might be a chance you can prune back somewhat on those branches and then do the major part of the burning which is going to expose just a lot of dead stuff. I, I do that next uh, winter, spring. Okay, thanks. You okay. bet. You bet. Hey, you guys charge too much for your services. I know. Do we? <laughs> I know. We're thinking about uh, raising our rates, too, you by the way. You should double your fees. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Okay, bye-bye. All right, everybody from now on is going to pay double. Yeah. There, make it easy. None of this percentage stuff. <laughs> Or like the Colorado Gardener magazine, you know, free for now. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Is she taking that off there, off the heading? I no, it still says. It still there? says uh, okay. at the top on the right hand corner. It says still free. Yeah. Okay. Still free. Um, she did um, warble a bit of, about two years ago, thinking about maybe shutting it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she too is not getting any younger. No. <laughs> None of and us bless are. her heart for keeping it going. Yeah, <coughs> no doubt. All right, let's see. Where are we going next? Uh, okay, David is going to be the next person up. Good morning, David. 
Hello. Hey, what's going on today? Oh, I'm doing okay. Good. Um, I I called before about my bell peppers because they were getting some uh, bad spots on them. I remember that. And yeah. Yeah. So so they're golden bell peppers, and I don't know. I got one plant that that's doing really good. Uh, it doesn't have any bad spots on the peppers, and I I would. My main question is, can I dig that up and put it in a pot? Seeing as the season's already changing, yeah, um, not not worth it in my opinion. No. Just not worth it. Now you did wherever you put it, it's going to have to have almost strong sunlight all day right, long. Because I'm in I'm in the Denver Urban Garden, so there's no <clears throat> shade there. Yeah. So if you dig it up and put it in the house, you'll need a a greenhouse or a sunroom or something like that where it gets full sun during the day. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I don't have them. So yeah, uh, it doesn't make a good house plant. Not yeah. at all. No. Now my next question. So for next year, if I try growing some more, uh, if I put something over that for shade to keep them from getting sunburned, um, what would you suggest? Maybe I could put over that. Because there's no shade there at the garden. It's sun all the time. I think I'd probably look at planting some corn on the on the really sunny side. Okay. So that would be the west, the right, west right. side, and the corn will Something. grow up as the as it gets hotter and brighter and and so yeah. forth during the summer. The corn will get taller and and give them some afternoon shade that way. Okay, that would work. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Um, I guess I'll just go ahead and pull them, the fruit that I have on there, and let them, they'll ripen up to, uh, usually they will, um, turn golden, and uh, then I'll just eat them as they are, the size that they are. So they're about, yeah. um, oh, three or four inch round now. Well, there's no, there's no rush to, to do it yet. I mean, they're, well, they're going to continue to grow until they actually get frozen, even though the temperatures okay. are getting cooler. So, okay, so I leave it on there until they get frozen. Until well, until well, they before start. the freeze, you want to <laughs> yeah. take them up before the freeze. <laughs> before they want, it's going to freeze. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So would would it bother? I could probably cover it. Would that help for this uh, cold nights that we got coming up. Oh, I mean, it wouldn't hurt, but I, I don't think that's really necessary because it's still going to okay. be in the 40s. Okay. But just pull them all before the frost. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I appreciate you guys. Well, thanks for calling this morning. Okay. I'll try some. We've got two minutes, huh? Can we do one more caller? Let's try. Let's start. Uh, let's go out and talk to Jim. Jim, we have about two minutes left. What can we do for you today? Uh, I've got some bushes in the backyard. They're broadleaf green bushes. I have no idea what the name is. Uh, they're about 12 feet tall. I want to know when's the best time to trim them back um, during the year. Do the they bloom? They're kind of like, no, they don't bloom. There's no flowers. They're round on the, the leaves are about six, seven inches long, round on the top, pointed in the bottom like a heart. Pointed at the bottom. What if that's a lilac? Sounds like it might be a lilac. Yeah. They would bloom, though. I think so. Well, Are, is it growing no, in full sun? No, I got... Li yes, 
the lilac is over on the east side. These are on the north side. They're not lilacs. Okay. They're just green bushes. They're there for privacy. Uh-huh. They do a great job, but they get too tall. Okay. Uh, the, the ideal time to do the pruning is in late winter, early spring. So, you know, late uh, once you get okay. into baby, early March or so would be a good time to do pruning. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're you welcome. And that's going to probably have to be it. I think so. I didn't even get a chance to tell you that on this date in 1946, the Pirates won and lost over the Brooklyn Dodgers on Ebbets Field. Won and lost? Won and lost. It was a doubleheader. Oh, okay. Yeah. i got to get track of these Pirates, you know. That was my birth year, so I didn't get to go to any of the games. <laughs> I was still in swaddling clothes. <laughs> Were you? Oh. Uh, dear, did you know the first piano was built in North America and what it was called? Do you have any idea? You're a piano man. What it was called? Yeah. One called a piano. What was it called? It was called a spinet. That's a brand. Well, it's also a generic name. <laughs> oh, okay. Which we now call piano, but it okay. was a spinet. I suspect it was much smaller, too. Oh, I bet so. we, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a grand piano. All right, we have to get out of here. Thank you, people, for listening and participating in the show. Remember, as always, keep your shovel sharp and be careful where you dibble. We're going to be back next weekend, so save your questions right here for Legends 810 from 7 to 9. And uh, tomorrow we're going to be repeated all over again from 6 until 8 p.m. You can't beat that with a stick. We'll see you next week right here on Legends A10. The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications.